a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, 9th of May. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you? I'm good. Okay. You over your choking spell from before? Oh, oh my God, folks. Earlier this afternoon, uh, Diane and I were chatting on Skype, as we often do. And I was sitting here with a, a cup of coffee, and I took a sip, and it went down the wrong way. And I thought I was going to die. I thought I was drowning. And uh, I thought he, he was killing the dog for some reason. I, I, I lost every ounce of air in my lungs, and I couldn't get any air in. And, oh, my God. You know, and I mean, I, was, I had a coughing fit and, uh, you know, just trying to gasp to get any air into me. And... Uh, you know, once I got over it, then I, I had a hard time even telling Diane what happened. <laughs> yeah. You well, know? we've all swallowed the wrong way. But the way you were like, I heard you like hacking and I, I thought something was going on with the dog. No, no, just me. Just you. Just well, at me. least you survived. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, by, you know, when I got my air back and I was able to speak a little bit, I, I told Diana, I said, I should be okay for showtime. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has to be. <laughs> you know, but oh, yeah, that was, yeah, it's just one of those weird things. Yes. Well, you had to be, especially for today's big breaking news. Well, and you know what? Let, before we get to that, let me tell folks what's coming up. You know, on the show tonight, you're covering egos, platitudes, and will they debate? Yes. I've got Bud Light's new dumbest idea ever. And it's a dumb idea. (laughs) I I mean, you, I I swear to God, you give those people an extra three days, they'll come up with something even dumber. Yeah. But we'll get into all that, you know, coming up, but. The big news today, it broke, what, about two hours ago? Yeah, just about. Yeah. Um, President Trump was found guilty by a jury in New York, and I swear to God, I don't understand this. 
Well, first, what I don't understand is why there wasn't a tra- uh, change of venue, because that usually happens in high-profile cases where you know everybody's uh, been affected by it. They've read about it. There's nobody really that can say they didn't hear about this case. Right. And so I mean, there but, should but, have been a change I mean, of venue, number one. Well, but the, the question with that is... Where in this country have they not heard about this case? I mean, where do you take a case like this? I mean, when you got somebody as high a profile as President Trump, everybody knows about this. Where do you go on this planet to, to hold the trial? You take it out of a red state and a blue state, and you move it to a purple state, where you could at least get a fairer select of jurors, if you will. I mean, you try in New York, you know what you're going to get in New York. Well, and he got it. And he got it. Because the charges, to me, are ridiculous. He's not guilty of rape, but he is guilty of sexual assault and battery. This doesn't make sense. I, I don't understand how you can be guilty of assault and battery of a sexual nature, but not rape. Okay, that, that doesn't make any sense to me, but making less sense to me is how this whole case came about. Uh, the woman involved in this is E. Jean Carroll, and she's an author. And this case goes all the way back 27 years ago. And right off the bat, you bring up something that happened 27 years ago, you need to go away. If you were so traumatized by what happened, you bring it out immediately, you go to the police, you file a report, you don't wait 27 years, except if you're in it for the money. Well, and the politics, let's not forget that. Okay, now what E. Jean Carroll accused Trump of... And and it's kind of a, a long strung together story, and I'll try to make it short. This goes back to 1996. She was in a department store in New York, across the street from Trump Tower. She claims mm-hmm. Donald Trump was in there shopping for a gift for a girl and asked for her advice. And the mm-hmm. two of them, according to her, shopped together for a little while. When all of a sudden, Donald Trump, citizen, not president, 27 years ago, Donald Trump shoved her into a women's dressing room and sexually assaulted her. Okay, let me stop you right there. This alleged assault took place at Bergdorf Goodman in New York. It's not a department store. It's a very high-end quality store. Well, I don't imagine Donald Trump shops at Walmart, so, (laughs) yeah. And I've been in Bergdorf many, many, many times. If someone was being assaulted in a dressing room at Bergdorf's, there's always someone there who, you know, takes your clothes, brings you, uh, if you want something else, you know, like you say, this is not a Walmart. There is no way that an assault of a sexual nature took place without somebody hearing it and calling for help. If this woman was sexually assaulted, wouldn't she scream? 
Now, if she says, oh, his hands were over my mouth, really? Then how did you, then how did he assault you? Mm, I mean, this reeks of total lies. This is a political witch hunt continuing. It's like Trump part 23. Well, let's just keep bringing out this crap. This woman, in my opinion, should face charges of perjury under oath. Here's what it is to me. This is the Trump version of Christine Blasey Ford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and folks, think back. You know, Christine Blasey Ford uh, was making 30-year-old, 35-year-old allegations uh, against a Supreme Court nominee at the time. Now, right. Now a Supreme Court justice. You know, and this just reeks of that. Right. And something else we need to bring out, because it is going to be brought out by the media. There are two pictures of President Trump with this woman. In one of the pictures, he's with Ivana. He's got his back towards the camera, but you can tell it's him. And she is with Arthur Ashe. Whether that was her date for the night or just someone that they were standing next to, you know, at an affair they were, I don't know. Just, I, I just got one correction there. It wasn't Ivana. That was Marla Maples. Oh, that was Marla? Okay. Yeah, that was Marla Maples. Yeah, and she's standing wait there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Craig. No, 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 no. He thought she was Marla Maples, according to some of the testimony. He was, that was Ivana with Trump, and he thought that that, was Marla Maples. Okay. That's what she claims. That's what she claims. But it's not true. Because then there's another photo, and I have them both embedded in my computer in case they're missing. There's another photo of another affair, and she's there with a, another man, and she's off to the left side, and it's clearly President Trump because he's facing forward. Okay. Did Trump know who she was? Probably in the same way he knows the hundreds of other people he met. Hello, how are you? My name is Donald Trump, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, how many thousands of people does Donald Trump meet? And especially back in 1996. You know, everybody, everybody, doesn't matter what side of the aisle they were on, everybody wanted to meet Donald Trump. And if they were in a room with Donald Trump, everybody wanted to get a picture with Donald Trump. Right. Okay. In this photo, Trump's got his back to the camera. Arthur Ashe is laughing. Um, right. She's standing there uh, to Arthur Ashe's right. Okay. Right. And now you say it was Ivana, but but Trump was actually married to Marla Maples in 1996. So it, it I, doesn't matter. Okay. they still were friends. Ivana and and President Trump remained friends right up until the end. But it, it was obviously some fancy deal. Everybody's right, in right. Texas. In the testimony, in the testimony, or or in some thing, and I have the tweet also. He said, I thought that was Marla Maples. Okay. So, you know, yeah. he just, he, he met this woman in passing, like he meets hundreds and thousands of other people, probably didn't even know her name. 
nothing. This whole thing, in my opinion, was cooked up because she was going to get money off this rich man. Well, not only that, but she has a book of her memoirs that came out in 2019. And, you know, she's been pursuing this, you know, for a number of years. Well, yeah. this this is going to aid in the sale of her book, right? Yeah. You know, because now all of a sudden she's a household name. Trump is saying he's going to appeal the um, the the finding today, and he should absolutely he should because this is this is pure bull. Starting with the fact, if any assault took place in a woman's dressing room in Bergdorf Goodman, security would know it immediately. Well, you would think in a big store like that. I've never been in that particular store. I've never been to New York, but. Uh, you know, you would think... You're talking upper high-end here. You're not talking even a Macy's. I mean, you're, you know, you're step well, above here. You, you, you would think a place where Donald Trump would go shopping, they would have somebody in the dressing room giving you mints and, and offering shoe shines. And, you and know, I mean, I, I you know, I, you just, you just kind of have that picture in your mind. This this reeks of nothing but, like Trump says, another witch hunt. Yeah, uh, if this is a political witch She's also in it for the money. And I can tell you as a matter of fact, when you go into a dressing room in Bergdorf Goodman, at least in the times I was there, the, the help brings in the clothes, they take them back, can we get you anything else? I mean... When you're dealing with high end, you're not in there all by yourself with nobody helping you. So this woman is full of crap. Well, I, you know, this this is one of those weird, weird things. Now, we're getting different reports that Trump has to pay her two million. Some reports say five million. Um, you know, whatever it's it is, it's multiple out millions. Of five million. More okay. and more are saying five million. Okay. Um, you know, he says he's going to. Uh, appeal the verdict. Uh, God only knows how long that's going to take. And, you know, if he appeals the verdict, where does that appeal take place? Probably again in New York. That's what I would think. But by the time the appeal would um, get to trial, a lot of information would be coming out. Those photos would be all over the place. Um, and, and, Trump then can say, you know, uh, it was reported he said, I never met this woman. Well, that kind of has to change. Yeah, you did meet her, but you probably didn't even know who she was. You met her like you meet a hundred or a thousand other people. Hi, how are you? You know, I, you know when oh, I, I'm so happy to meet you. I mean, she could have pushed herself right into him. I mean, this is pure crap. Well, and we There's don't no know. We don't know if she was actually with Arthur Ashe at that event, right. or whether she just kind of shouldered her way in there because there was Donald Trump and there was Arthur Ashe. I mean, right. you know, I mean, we, we don't know. You know. When I think of all the the different celebrities I've met over the years, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, not one of them would remember meeting me. Of course. You know, and I, you know, I, I'm going to name drop here, but 
I was 21 years old, and I was having a drink backstage with Frank Sinatra. And I guarantee you, a week later, if you'd asked him who was backstage having a drink with him in Lincoln, Nebraska, he wouldn't have any idea. Right. Right. Many of us have met different people of name. We've met them in passing. We've met them at political rallies. You meet them at chance meetings in restaurants. Different events. I, I met Dick Cheney at, at an event. He wouldn't remember me from Adam. They don't remember you. No. They don't remember you, and, and they shouldn't have to. No. You know, no. so this woman took an event out of her life. She, fa- In my opinion, she fabricated a whole story around it. Obviously, she's a Democrat. They, you know, they need these things. So they go hunting for people who had encounters with famous people and they fabricate an entire scenario around it. And you know who I really feel sorry for? Because, I mean, I 100 percent back President Trump in this. I feel sorry for millennia. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing. Live through these lies and and Trump's children well they're old enough to un, you know to understand but it when a wife is faced with this constant oh infidelities that, that never happened that's you know yes we all know about Marla Maples but Trump admitted that so you move on from it and he and Ivana stayed friends right until the time she died yeah, I mean, you know, this this just reeks of nothing but another political hit job. Yes. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how this appeal unfolds. But let me yes, ask you this. What happens if he loses the appeal? I don't know how many times you can appeal something in New York. Um, if he loses the appeal, I think all who support President Trump and all who just want justice, even if you don't support President Trump, if you just want justice and fairness, you've got to finally take a stand and say, wait a minute, this is pure nonsense, there's no way this story is true, and it should start casting doubt on all the other stuff that's going to start happening this summer. Remember, President Trump is facing... I think it's three other charges. Right. And there's going to be more because, you know, this, this, you know, you and I talked about this. I even wrote about this. You know, this is the piling on effect. Okay. They're just going to keep throwing crap at him, you know, with, with the hope that it damages him enough that he can't win. That's, that's what they're hoping. But there's another side to that part will they press it further because a lot of Democrats want Trump to run because they think they can manipulate the election enough where Biden will beat him again so you've got two sides of that working it's going to be interesting to see which side becomes galvanized right you know right Time will tell. Craig, I make no hidden fact about this. 
if President Trump gets the nomination, I will vote for him for the third time and right. I will support him. However, it's not a hidden fact that I prefer to see Ron DeSantis as well, the nominee. And, and, and that, if, finish, let me finish. Because I strongly believe it's time to turn the reins of power over to the next generation. It's not against President Trump because he was a great president. Great. But I think, you know, he's going to be 80 in, in, in his in his 80s. He's not the same man as he was in, in 2016, not because of him, but because the change in the country, the attitude of the country has changed. We're not the same as we were then. And I think we need to sort of change with that and say, say wait, let's get the new generation of Republicans and conservatives into office. But again, he gets the nomination. He has my support. Yeah, I, I fully agree. You know, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. And like you said, with the other cases that are coming up, you know, the the thing with Mar-a-Lago, the, the thing in Georgia, Georgia. you know, and, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, this is, this is just another, uh, you know, attempt at, at smearing Donald Trump. Exactly. I mean, that's, I, that's honestly continue. the way I see it. You know, and it's here's... Here's the deal. You know, Trump's not the nominee. Somebody's going to be the nominee, but we don't know who yet. You know, so right. if independents and, uh, you know, certain factions of conservatives leave uh, the Trump camp because uh, of this ruling today that came down in the court, um, you know, Trump may not get the nomination. You know, at which point then, you know, it doesn't really affect the the race for uh, the general election. This has the effect on the race for the nomination. So this is going to be interesting right. to see how other people that have announced and those who are going to announce shortly, how they deal with this, because they're going to be asked about it. Right. And if they were smart... If any of the nominees were smart, they'd say, we're not going to comment on this. We do not believe it. And that's the end of it. Just leave it at that. Don't feed in to this yeah. narrative. Don't take the bait. Because, you know, whether you support President Trump or not, you have to understand if you feed into this, you're going to hurt the party in general which will give Biden a leg in. Better we just let him appeal it, support him in his appeal, but don't feed into it. Yeah, don't take the bait. And that, that's not only for uh, other candidates. I think that's good advice for the general populace, too. You know, yeah, don't, that's what I mean. Yeah. You know, if, if you're for Trump... Um, you know, don't don't berate others that uh, that may not be for him. That that say, well, you know, because of this, you know, maybe he needs to step away. Um, you know, don't don't go after them. And if you're not for Trump, don't use this as 
you know, reasoning, uh, you know, for why uh, you're against them, because this is 100% political crap. Yes, but more important than anything, and I cannot stress this enough, I've written about this, I've talked about this, and I have to say it again. Whoever the Republican nominee is, I don't care if it's Trump, I don't care if it's DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, who's ever entering, whoever gets that nomination, we, Republicans and conservatives and independents, have to stand and rally behind that person. No no write-ins, no nothing. We stand behind the Republican nominee. That is the only way we're going to be able, with the numbers, to surpass even the fraud that we know is going to go on. That's that's 100% true. You know, if you want to stand on an island uh, of your own, um, you know, whims, uh, all, all you're doing is hurting the chances of riding the ship. You know, right. I mean, you know, we're going to have a Republican nominee. We don't yet know who. It's going to be a year away before we really know. And right. if you don't vote for the nominee in the general election, you're literally handing this this country over to the liberals. You're handing it over to the ilk of Joe Biden Kamala Harris, you know, Barack and if, if you th- if you think the last two years ha- have been a cluster, you know what? Imagine another four years of this because you decided to stand on your own individual island and and write yeah. in uh, a candidate who's not the nominee. Yeah, you can't do that this time. We're on a precipice right now of losing this country. We don't unite behind the nominee, whomever it is. We will go over that precipice. America will never be the same again. And it will be on the conscience of those who would not stand united. Yeah, we're, you know, and if, if Trump is the eventual nominee, you never Trumpers need to suck it up, buttercup, and vote right. for the nominee. And, right. and, and if, if DeSantis becomes the nominee, you only Trumpers need to suck it up, buttercup, and vote for Ron DeSantis. Right. Because this, this is serious. This is probably the most pivotal point in our history. It started with Obama, the downfall of America, and it's continued since then. We got a break with Trump. When our economy was great, we were energy independent. Everything was going great on the world stage. There were no major wars. There was peace. And uh, he was bringing peace to the Middle East with the Abraham Accords. And then we dropped again under Biden, which was really Obama's third term in office. Yeah, let's be honest. Yes. We dropped again there. Do we want a fourth term of of the Constitution hating man? pulling the puppet strings come on guys no. you gotta your personal uh, I know what's best type of attitude aside and you've got to stand by whomever the Republican nominee is you know, it, like I said it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out these other uh, court cases are in the wings 
And, yes. you know, we got to keep an eye on all of that. Um, obviously, this is the biggest story of the day. We had a whole bunch of other quick hitters that we had lined up, but this is the story of the day and deserves this kind of scrutiny because we haven't heard the last of this story yet. Right. And one other little bit of breaking news, it appears that, um, well, two things. The House GOP is going to expose Biden tomorrow, Hunter Biden. That's just coming through right now on some of the feeds. And number two, Biden is saying that McCarthy's proposed cuts to keep us within the, you know, the debt ceiling uh, will hurt the people, and it's a no-go. Right. You know, the, those cuts are so deep, they take us all the way back to 2022 spending levels. Bear yeah. in mind, this is 2023. <laughs> so it's not like we're cutting back to 1940. Hey, but Craig, I can solve the debt ceiling in a, in a simple sentence. Okay, you got 35 okay. seconds. Okay. The people, the countries that owe us money, start paying your bills. Number two, cut the ridiculous welfare sp- uh, programs that we have out. The people with their hands out, go get a job. Supposedly, there were so many jobs in this country now. Go get a job. We know that's not true either. Just stop spending. The Democrats spend like you turn on a water faucet, and it's all on ridiculous things. It's true. Stop with the transgender shit. Stop with with everything ridiculous things out there, <laughs> and we can solve all of our problems. Folks, about 30 minutes from now, I'm talking about Bud Light's new dumbest idea ever. But when we come back from this, our bottom of the hour break, Diane has it with egos, platitudes, and will they debate? Stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot 
at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Greg Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor getting you through a Tuesday night edition of the show. If you miss any part of it, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. Click the podcast button. You've got your choice, this show or all the others. Right. <laughs> all right. Yes. So, you know, there's this little election thing coming up. Uh, in in a little over a year, year and a half or so. And, uh, you know, there are some declared candidates. There are some undeclared candidates. And, you know, one of the things everybody looks forward to because, you know, there's nothing more entertaining than a good debate is the debates. So, Diane, you've taken a look at all of this, and you've put together an op-ed, Egos, Platitudes, and Will They Debate? And the first thing I need to say, this was written last week before all the stuff broke today. Okay, first, I'll begin by saying that Donald J. Trump was a great president, economically great, foreign policy great, great at making us energy independent. The list of his greats is endless. And if he gets the nomination, of course I will support and vote for him no matter the political baggage he unfortunately continues to carry. But I do have a problem, a serious problem, when ego and narcissism become one's prime campaign posturing. And it goes beyond the silly nicknames called, beyond the need for constant adulation, and beyond the not-so-hidden fear that other candidates might bring something to the table that he, Donald Trump, at this point in time has not. And what is that something but the fact that Trump has yet to realize that he is not running against his fellow Republican nominees for the presidency, but against Democrat Joe Biden and his America-defaming, America-destroying policies. For example, President Trump claimed in an interview last week that he's under, quote, total assault because he's leading in the 2024 polls. Polls taken a year and a half out. Polls which this far out really means not a thing. And the fact is, whether the only Trumpers like it or not, Trump is not leading in any of the Trump v. Biden matchup polls. That was till today, folks. The closest Trump gets is losing to Biden by one percentage point while Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is leading Joe Biden by at least three or more percentage points in not just a recent all-important Wall Street Journal poll, but in some state polls as well. In fact, the Wall Street Journal stated that the only, I repeat, only candidate able to beat Biden, as per today's candidate matchup, is Ron DeSantis, the very man who has not even decided nor declared his intention to run. And yet I will still vote 
for Donald Trump if he gets the nomination, even knowing that with registered Democrats still outnumbering registered Republicans. And all elections are about numbers, after all. There remains a strong possibility that Trump will lose to Biden again. And why will he lose? Because as things stand now, it will be the independent voters who will decide the outcome of the 2024 presidential election, not Republicans nor Democrats alone. And right now, neither independents nor crossover Democrat voters are all too happy with Donald J. Trump, not Craig with the political and baggage that he carries, and not too happy with him alone. Now, they're not happy also with his self-serving, it's all about me, revenge-based demeanor, and that also includes even some of we Republicans and mainline conservatives as well. You know, there are good reasons to run for the White House. There are bad reasons to run for the White House. And there's a key voting block or a key voting demographic, if you will, that really holds sway when it comes to the general election. And not only the general election, but they also hold sway in some states, not every state, but in some states when it comes to the primary elections. Fill us in on the good, the bad, and the holding sway. Well, that has to do with revenge politics. And revenge politics is indeed a poor reason to reseek the presidency, as history itself shows that revenge is not something that sits well with the majority of voters in either party. And so it's the independents who will not only decide who will sit in the White House, decide the very direction in which our country will now go, as into the left or hopefully to the right. So do we allow Biden's puppet master his what would be fourth term in office? Do we now see Barack Obama's fundamental transformation of America finally reaching fruition where democracy in the guise of mob rule helps usher in the new era of socialism-based dictatorial anarchy, or do we, with the independence help, return our now seemingly unrecognizable country back to the constitutional republic she was always intended to be? The choice remains ours to decide, but we do need certain tangibles in place if we are to make informed, well-thought-out decisions about, about America's leadership and America's future. And the only way to get an idea of how our country will, or at least should go, is to listen to the candidates of both parties speak. Speak in civilized tones, putting silly name-calling and innuendos aside, and compare and contrast each of their votes for America's future. Visions, I should say, for Americans' future. All candidates need to present to the voters their individual policies proposed, how they would solve the issues facing us today, along with the direction they would like to see our country be taken in and why. And this is best handled in a civilized manner on the debate stage, with words directly coming from the candidates' mouths, minus the theatrics that has sadly become the calling card of some in both major political parties. Simply 
theatrics, and one's ego needs to be put aside for the good of American politics, for the good of America herself, and for we, the American people. But unfortunately, even the time-honored institution of debating has become a question as to will the debates take place or not. And Craig, it's a question hovering over both major parties as the two key individuals involved are so acting like children, one who should well know better and the other, as all can now plainly see, obviously not in his right mind. You know, I I don't know if I'm uh, an average voter in America, but I have always loved watching the debates because how Mm -hmm. else do you know where the various candidates stand? I mean, the general election debate or debates, usually there's more than one. Those are always interesting, but I think by then most people have their mind made up which which direction they're going to go. But leading into the primaries, especially when you have a full slate of candidates, the only way you're going to make an informed decision is to hear from the candidates themselves. And that's now in question? Well, of course it is, because the fact is that we, the people, instead of gearing up for and looking forward to upcoming debates, are instead witnessing both parties' key players wallowing deep in the scenario of will they or won't they debate. Trump's ego has him thinking that he doesn't need to debate because he's currently ahead in the polls, and Joe Biden has been told, more likely ordered, not to debate for what are visually obvious reasons, and also for the fact that some in the Democrat hierarchy fear he won't survive a second term in office, even if he were to be elected. And something not to be forgotten, least they get lost in the shuffle, is that besides these two key players, other candidates are jockeying to be their party's nominee. And it's these candidates who truly need to be seen debating, for the act of debating will itself test their performative aspect of leadership, their mental and physical stamina, as well as we seeing and hearing how they act and how they react when up against their political opponents. Remember, the simple act of debating allows we voters the chance to witness our candidate of choice in a one-to-one situation of sorts. And while listening to their words, we also get to see how well, how well said candidate acts under highlight, highly spotlighted stress. The last thing our country needs right now is yet another hothead nominee from either side of the aisle who acts solely based upon pent-up emotions instead of by using simple common sense coupled with tangible logic. Two things we should demand of whomever are the official final nominees. And here again, I will state that if Donald J. Trump does garner the Republican nomination, I will, of course, vote for him for the third time in a row. For the other party's most likely nominee has already, if not even in one term in office, pushed our country to the object abyss of both economic and foreign policy failure. And Craig, if Joe Biden were to garner four more years in office, we will surely go over said abyss, falling into a bottomless pit that will truly herald America's downfall. 
you know, it's pretty obvious why nobody wants Joe Biden to get into a debate. But, you know, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is gaining ground because he's going out and talking to people. And, and he's showing up and, and giving interviews. Right. Uh, and, and he's answering questions. And uh, RFK Jr. wants to debate Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't want any part of it, and it's obvious why. You know, when you look at the big picture on this thing, it's not just the general election, is it? It's also leading into the primaries where these debates count the most. Right. You know, debates alone that will bring out the best and the worst of all hoping to run for president, that's what debates are about. And if both Joe Biden and President Trump refuse to debate, whether it's Trump or Biden refusing to debate their respective rivals, or they're refusing to actually debate each other, if both do respectively garner their party's nomination, the loser in either case will be America herself. Why and how so? Trump right now, for example, acts as if he's running against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, for president instead of Joe Biden, while Biden clearly acts like a man neither mentally nor physically fit to be president, something becoming more and more apparent with each passing day, with both scenarios not good for our country nor for our allies at large. Also, Kamala Harris remains patiently waiting in the wings, you know. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know will. So here I'll give President Trump four little bits of one-on-one friendly advice. After all, he was indeed a great president, and he has my vote if he is our Republican nominee. First, Mr. President, and with all due respect given, please stop obsessing over Ron DeSantis, for he is not the one you should be worried about running against. Joe Biden is. And it's he and his policies alone that must be your focus. Second, Mr. President, if Ron DeSantis does decide to run, which I believe he will, especially with his leading you here in the must-win state of Florida, 44% to 39% in the latest Mason-Dixon survey posted in the Austin American Statesman, why not debate him? with the facts of what you accomplished when you were president, for it's here where your accomplishments would serve you well. Third, please, Mr. President, stop your endless cycle of Ron DeSantis attack ads currently running here in Florida. They're riddled with lies, falsehood, and misplaced innuendos, and they're turning a lot of we Floridians off, with some even saying that maybe the never-Trumpers were right. How so? Because we know well, as do you, that Governor Ron DeSantis has proven what a great governor he is, probably Florida's best governor ever. And just one of many examples of where he shines is how he stands strong, not only for Florida's children, but for our nation's children as well, as he is a champion of education old-style education where children are taught the basics of reading, writing, math, science, and American history. History minus the politically generated nonsense 
that is critical race theory and minus sexuality being taught to those, to those too young to even know the true differences between the two, yes, two sexes. And you also know, Mr. President, that Ron DeSantis, the very man who kept Florida open, free, and thriving during the COVID pandemic, is leading the charge against the left's forced down our throats, ever dangerous wokeism agenda. The Sedgwick education and forced indoctrination being but two of many important issues that we, up until now, have heard not a thing about from you. Fourth and lastly, Mr. President, and a personal pet peeve of mine, is that while you might have helped Ron DeSantis win the first time he ran for president, the fact is that it was his policies and stances alone that got him re-elected last year without any help from you. Re-elected in a 19-plus percent landslide vote over his challenger, a vote that you thought would happen in the 2022 midterm election for candidates of your choosing, but simply did not. Says a lot now, doesn't it, Mr. President? And it should help knock down your ego a bit, which would make you a bit more palatable to the independent voters, maybe even sway some never-Trumpers over to your and the Republican side. Over to the Republican side, a side that stands for freedom, honor, and love of country, a side where American exceptionalism is heralded, not shunned, a side that knows right from wrong, good from evil, a side that knows well that the left sort of fundamental transformation of America can only be stopped with the right man or woman at America's helm. And if you, Mr. President, are once again to be that man, then so be it. But if you are not our side chosen's nominee, then please stand strong behind whomever that person is. For the presidency itself is not what it's all about, is not what's all important. Saving our country and our freedoms is closed. You know, this is going to get real interesting over the next 12 months. I realize that the general election is about a year and a half off, but the primaries are coming up in about 12 months. And, you know, this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. We've got the baggage that you talk about in this op-ed and that, you know, some of which we spoke about in the opening segment of tonight's show. And we're going to get a good read on that as polls closer to the primaries come out. You know, like you, like you say, believe the polls now. We are too far out. Yeah, I mean, like right like now. you say, right now, you know, these polls are kind of meaningless. And let's let's face it, a lot of them are well within the margin of error right now. Right. So you know, it's kind of a push. You know, if you're a, a betting person in Las Vegas, they, they call this a push. Um, you know, we we got to wait till we're closer. We got to wait to see, you know, what happens between now and a year from now. Yeah, you know, I think when we get to uh, early next year, and I'm I'm saying, you know, maybe December of this year, maybe early January of next year, then the polls start to mean something because some of those early primaries start taking place. Right. Remember back to 2016. Hillary Clinton was the projected winner 
Every poll showed Hillary Clinton winning. And look what happened. Polls mean nothing. First of all, they take small numbers. They don't poll millions of people. They take small numbers. And then they use math and they, you know, play around with the numbers and there's your poll. They were also conducted by partisan groups, some on the right, some on the left. We're not going to know the true numbers until we start seeing those early returns come in, the early states, you know, the Iowa caucus and all of that. Then we can get a better gauge. But right now, these numbers, these polls are nonsense. You know, I I just got to say this, because Iowa is right next door to my state, Nebraska, And I know there's a lot of weight put on the Iowa caucus, but those people are nuts at caucus time. That's what I've heard. (laughs) You know, and you can't always go by the Iowa caucus because that that is a debacle every year. Um, And, you know, it's, it's not that it's poorly run. It's just that all the nuts come out of the woodwork. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot. It's kind of like old time uh primary voting you know and and the caucus it's rowdy it's loud it's it's obnoxious and the vote at the Iowa caucus is not necessarily reflective of the the temperature gauge if you will nationwide right but you know they also say the new hampshire you know cuz right. that's real early um, New Hampshire, the Carolinas, with, right? How how they they go? The country will go. Stop believing all that. You've got to go on election day, state by state, county by county. Everything has to be added in. You've got to you know add in your your projected fraud, which we know will always happen, right? And you've got to do the tangible here and now numbers when they're here and now this stuff now means nothing well and we also have to wait and see what the republican party does when it comes to uh evening the playing field uh through ballot harvesting because in most states that's legal we've never done it uh from the right side of the aisle but i i think if we don't we're we're setting ourselves up for disaster right you know, so and there's a lot of factors that play into this. A lot, a lot, a lot. And there's one important factor that could very well happen this week. A swarm at the southern border. Oh, yeah. They, they are expecting upwards of one to two million people. You well, know, it, and who's, you know, voting cards they're getting. Absolutely, and that that surge is already building. I mean, we're seeing, right. uh, you know, that surge coming in early, and with Title Forty Two coming to an end, um, and it doesn't look like there's anything that's going to stop that from ending right now. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, it's going to get ugly in a hurry at the southern border. There's only one way to stop it, and I don't know if I dare say it. Oh, I'll there's say a- it. There's only one way. The National Guard has been sent to the southern border. Lock and load. Lock and load 100%. Remember, these people are not coming here legally. They did not apply to come here. Most of them are young people of military age. 
Instead of their cowards, instead of staying and fighting for freedoms in their own country, they come here with their hands out. They know they're coming here illegally. They know they're breaking our laws. You lock, load, and release those bullets on a few of them, it will stop it. Yeah, but you know as well as I do, that will never happen. That's because... I mean, it it should, but it won't. It won't, but it would stop it completely right in its tracks. Oh, no, you can't have that. uh, Obama. Obama. Oh, Biden, let's put it that way. Right. He's worried about everybody else's borders except our own border. But the oh, thing with them, we the don't thing have with a border problem. People is they are all going to be Democrat voters if the Democrat Party has their way. You can't, we can't keep operating like this, folks. It has to stop now. Folks, you can find Diane's op-ed, Egos, Platitudes, and Will They Debate? Uh, That's a valid question. Will they debate? You can find that either at Diane's blog at thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com or you go to rspradio1.com. The link is there. Either place, grab the link and share it everywhere you can. There's a lot of interesting information uh, in this, a lot of uh, warnings and a lot of foreshadowing. And, you know, just kind of uh, keep a copy of this link, refer back to it uh, at the beginning of next year, and you'll find out just how accurate this foreshadowing really is. Yeah. It's very, it's very dangerous. Um, it can change the whole voting scenario of what's going to happen in 2024 and it's not going to be good for our country folks you know i i still think the you know uh, the whole i'm not going to debate thing is a huge mistake let the american public hear from the candidates let them answer the questions you know, but if it's if all it's going to do is devolve into a debacle of name calling and finger pointing, it's hardly worth it. But no. if the candidates will stay on topic, talk about the policies, talk about the policies that made them what they are today, whether it be Trump talking about his time as president or DeSantis <clears throat> talking about his time as the governor, you know and their vision for the future, how they intend to correct the issues that Biden has caused, that's what the American voters need to hear. That's what independents want to hear. That's what Republican voters want to hear. And I'll tell you, when it comes down to it, the Democrat voters want to hear it too because they've got a choice now between RFK Jr. and Joe Biden. Right. And, you know, RFK Jr., was, you know, you got to say one thing in his favor. He was against the jabs and the boosters. So you've got a different kind of Democrat running. Yeah, now. but I tell you what, I, you know, yeah, he he was on my side when it came to that. And he might be on my side on one or two other things. But I don't trust him. I don't trust because I know, you know, he's he's not... A JFK Democrat, he's somewhere no, between no. that and a liberal, and I think he probably leans liberal. Um, but 
we still need to hear from him. He's got to be better than Biden. Yeah, well, my dog's butt. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, folks, grab Diane's uh, op-ed, Egos, Platitudes, and Will They Debate, either at thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com or rspradio1.com. With that, we've hit the top of the hour. That means we got to take another quick break. When we come back, I'm talking about Bud Light's new dumbest idea ever. Stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. Hey guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, Check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, go to RSPRadio1.com tomorrow. Click the podcast button. This show, all the others, right there, lined up in a single file line waiting for you. We like to keep our podcasts in a single file line. Order is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who can't get their ducks in a row? Bud Light. <laughs> uh, no, they can't. You know, I, I've got. I'm, I'm going to do another. Uh, just fair warning, folks. I'm doing another Bud Light themed article next week. It's it's going to be way different because I'm going to get into how this all got started and why it's as bad as it is. Who is actually to blame? Okay? Mm-hmm. But for now, this week, Bud Light came up with a brand new dumbest idea ever. 
As the Bud Light saga continues, one thing has become perfectly clear. At the bottom of a deep hole, Anheuser-Busch continues to use a bigger shovel. Last week, the trans community, a community that comprises less than 1% of the entire American population, issued a terse hissy fit of a letter to Anheuser-Busch. That letter, from the Human Rights Campaign's Jay Brown, read in part, quote, At this moment, it is absolutely critical for Anheuser-Busch to stand in solidarity with Dylan and the trans community. However, when faced with anti-LGBTQ plus and transphobic criticism, Anheuser-Busch's actions demonstrate a profound lack of fortitude in upholding its values of diversity, equity, and inclusion to employees, customers, shareholders, and the LGBTQ plus community, unquote. That letter went on to state, and again I quote, This not only lends credence to hate-filled rhetoric, but it also exposes Anheuser-Busch to long-term business impacts with employees and customers increasingly looking for steadfast commitment to LGBTQ plus corporate citizenships, unquote. Now, allow me to decipher all of that in plain English. What Jay Brown is saying, on behalf of less than 1% of the American population, is that despite losing tremendous market share in the billions of dollars and pissing off their core customers, if Anheuser-Busch or any other company, or corporation for that matter, doesn't bow down and kiss the size 12 pumps of men pretending to be women, they will be targeted, tarred, and feathered as bigots by the liberal machine. Diane Anheuser-Busch CEO Brendan Whitworth responded to the hissy fit in a letter which read, in part, quote, We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over beer, unquote. Well, <laughs> you know, if you put it in a nutshell, who wants to bring people together over beer? Why have such a controversial spokesperson that actually turns your customers off to your beer? It makes you know, no sense. That's a valid question. And, you know, if you're talking about Dylan Mulvaney, there's two nutshells there by my that's count. That's true. <laughs> well, Mr. Whitworth, what exactly was your intention when you hired a woke liberal arts graduate to mastermind your Bud Light marketing by partnering with a guy pretending to be a woman? What exactly was your intent when you decided from your corner office what was best for your company was to wade into the political swamp so deep that you need a snorkel just to draw a breath? Whitworth went on in his letter to state, quote, my time serving this country taught me the importance of accountability and the values upon which America was founded, freedom, hard work, and respect for one another. As CEO of Anheuser-Busch, I am focused on building and protecting our remarkable history and heritage, unquote. You know, I shouldn't have to remind Mr. Whitworth that the history and heritage of his company has never included turning the company's back on the company's loyal customers by disregarding them in favor of a nonsense fad driven by the scant few Americans suffering from a mental illness called gender dysphoria 
But that is exactly what Anheuser-Busch has done. Now, I'll get back to Mr. Whitworth after a bit. Not to be outdone, the gender dysphoric man pretending to be a woman at the center of the Bud Light debacle, Dylan Mulvaney, also weighed in on the continuing saga. Mulvaney said, and I quote, I think it's okay to be frustrated with someone or confused, but what I'm struggling to understand is the need to dehumanize and be cruel, unquote. Mulvaney went on to state, quote, like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again, I feel like that should be illegal. I don't know. That's just bad journalism, unquote. Mulvaney also said, quote, I'm reminding myself that those people actually feel like they're doing the Lord's work. They believe that their bullying actually is the right thing to do, and I'm the one to blame when I'm just over here trying to live my best life. A lot has been said about me, some of which is so far from my truth that I was hearing my name and I didn't know who they were talking about sometimes, unquote. Okay. So let me take those inane comments in order. Mr. Mulvaney, you claim it's dehumanizing to be correctly gendered, while at the same time you seem to have no issue at all in mocking women and delegitimizing what it is to be an actual woman. Interesting and completely hypocritical. Mr. Mulvaney, you claim that using he pronouns and calling you a man over and over again should be illegal, and it's bad journalism. Illegal? It should be illegal to use the correct pronoun in reference to you? People should be arrested for using the correct pronoun when referring to you? Diane, I think it's, you know, he thinks it's bad journalism. Well, I say in fact, it's actually spot-on good journalism, to be completely honest and accurate in the use of proper pronouns and correct pronouns in referring to Mulvaney, because he is, in fact, a man. If you care to disagree with that, Mr. Mulvaney, I would invite you to submit to a DNA test, and let's all see what the science tells us of your actual gender. I think what Mr. Mulvaney needs is a padded room. <laughs> Seriously, maybe a little shock therapy. I mean, you know, this man pretending to be a woman still has all his man parts, including his DNA, obviously, but his other man parts. Stop this nonsense already. That's what this is. This is nonsense. It's theater, and and it's helping to ruin our country. Theater of the absurd. Yeah, the insane. Mr. Mulvaney, you claim that those who refer to you by the correct gender pronoun are doing the Lord's work, and the, <coughs> excuse me, and that they're bullying you. Really, what are you doing, Mr. Mulvaney? when you advocate that people be arrested for using the correct pronoun when referring to you, is that what you are? A biological man. 
Mulvaney then said, quite possibly the most hypocritical thing uttered during his hissy fit when he stated, quote, I will not stand by and let them paint trans people to be something we are not, unquote. Mr. Mulvaney, neither I nor anyone else who correctly states that you are indeed a man are painting either you or your fellow gender dysphorics as something you are not. You, sir, and your fellow gender dysphorics own that particular street corner. You, sir, are the one painting yourself as something that you are not when you claim to be a woman. And furthermore, can the fake outrage you exhibit when those of us who correctly identify you as a man don't go along with your delusion? You, sir, might delight in your mental illness, but do not demand that others who don't likewise suffer from your particular delusion do so and pretend to be upset when they decline to enable your mental illness. Okay. As I said at the top of the commentary, Anheuser-Busch, having found themselves at the bottom of a deep hole of their own digging, keeps asking for a bigger shovel. And in that regard, getting back to Anheuser-Busch CEO, Brendan Whitworth, allow me to point out his and his company's latest blunder. Mr. Whitworth penned a letter of contrition to the human rights campaign and Jay Brown, That was yet another shot in their own foot. What Mr. Whitworth should have done was issue a heartfelt apology to his dwindling customer base, stating that he and his company did something completely foolish when they gave the green light to a woke, politically driven, Bud Light ad campaign that focused on virtue signaling and social media false narratives rather than on reality and their valued customer base. Diane, Mr. Whitworth should have simply said that he and his company made a horrible mistake when they entered the political fray because that's never been the driving factor in their product marketing and seek forgiveness from their loyal customers for trying to appease the loudest voices from less than 1% of the American population while ignoring reality and the vast majority of people who just enjoy a cold beer. Well... There's obvious reasons why he did what he did and why he didn't do what he should do. But unfortunately, everybody's going to have to wait till next week to hear those reasons. Well, that's true. And writing such a heartfelt letter just decidedly is not what Brendan Whitworth did. He can't. And, and not because he doesn't want to, it's because he's not allowed to. And I'll disclose that next week. So... What did Whitworth do last week in place of apologizing to his core customers? He essentially told his core customers that he doesn't care what they think. Last week, Anheuser-Busch produced and posted, all the way up to social media, a brand new ad, a country-themed ad that features a group of young adults enjoying a beer in the rain at a country music festival with the tagline, Rain or shine, it's always easy to enjoy a Bud Light. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's what the company did after 
posting the ad to social media that seems to indicate they don't really give a happy damn about their customers. They disabled the comments. The company trying to win back their core customers after doing the second most stupid thing imaginable did the stupidest thing imaginable by deactivating the comments on their social media ad because they seemingly didn't want to see what their customers had to say. I'm just speculating here, but I would bet that the first round of comments were not very pleasant. And in order not to have to read any more of that sort of honesty from their former customers, they simply shut the comments down. Oh, poor Bud Light just can't get out of its own way. They shut down the wrong thing. Rather than stemming the hemorrhaging sales figures, now down better than 26% over this time last year, they told their once loyal, now former customers that their opinions don't matter. Basically, just shut the hell up and buy our beer. Well, sorry, Bud Light, but it doesn't work like that. Your former loyal customers figure if you don't want to hear what they think, they'll spend their money with a beer company that hasn't betrayed their customers. Diane Bump Williams Consulting has been tracking the implosion of Bud Light sales, and Bump Williams himself says Bud Light has no game plan. But Bump is wrong about that. The good news for Bud Light is that they do have a game plan. The bad news is the Minnesota Golden Gophers playing in their home house, the Gopher Dome, in 1983, had a game plan against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and the Gophers lost that game by a score of 84-13. to 13. <laughs> They got creamed, as they say. But, you know, it's interesting what Bud Light might do or might not do in the future. I mean, they've got to do something. They can't stay like this or they will completely lose this brand. Yeah, that's true. So the question now becomes, what is the Bud Light game plan going forward? Well... Anheuser-Busch InBev, the country's largest brewer, has pledged to boost its market spending on Bud Light, accelerate production of a new slate of ads, and, get this, give a case of Bud Light to every employee of an Anheuser-Busch wholesaler. Now, given what the company has already done to commit market suicide, I'm not sure ramping up market spending is the sort of thing they want to do with the sort of ads they seem to like. And I don't think it's going to win anybody back. But giving a free case of Bud Light to each and every employee of an Anheuser-Busch wholesaler, is that what they think is going to turn the tide? That's Bud Light's new dumbest idea ever. Right now you can pick up a 24-can case of Woke Light at Target, for one cent shy of 20 bucks. So, essentially, the company's grand plan to win back the customers they've betrayed and whose comments they shut down is to perk their own employees with 20 bucks worth of free beer that one way or the other will end up being flushed down the toilet? <laughs> I suppose I should offer my congratulations to the Golden Gophers for no longer having the worst game plan in the history of games and plans. Like I said, next week, 
I'll get into exactly how this all came about, why, and who is behind all of it. Till then, drink Conservative Dad's Ultra Right Beer responsibly. This is a perfect example of what happens when a company goes woke. They go broke, and it's of their own doing alone. First of all, why would any company want to put a pretender as the spokesperson for their brand? It makes no sense. This is a man pretending to be a woman. Right. When the day comes that one's DNA can be changed, when one's genetic control uh, code could be changed, and all the physical aspects are changed, maybe then they have a case, which probably will never come. <laughs> right. But until then, give this nonsense up. Most of these people who are pretending to be transgenders, I think, are afraid to come out as gay. Well, and I'll tell you something. If if you see, and there are a few videos of Dylan Mulvaney mm-hmm. before he went the trans route, you would swear you would swear the guy is gay. Right. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, science is already proven whether people like this or not. The hypothalamus glands of gay people are either larger or smaller than straight people, which leads you to believe there's a genetic reason for gayness. And that should be accepted. A person can control that. But you sure as hell can control pretending to be something you physically cannot be. You know, I, I, I just want to clarify something. You know, if you go looking for those, you know, videos of Dylan Mulvaney as a man... You're going you're gonna to see what I'm talking about. Now, I know gay people that if you didn't know they were gay, you'd never know they were gay. Exactly. Okay. So I'm not saying that all gay people act a certain way or speak a certain way or, or display a certain way. That's certainly not the case. No. But Mulvaney, even as a man, was so over the top. You know, I mean, he was the stereotypical you know, gay person in the way he spoke, the way he acted, the way he presented. Right. You know, I mean, you know, you you look at all those stereotypes. He hit every one of them like like a hammer hitting a nail. So why so, not just admit you're gay? Yeah, I I don't know. You know, and I don't know. I, I'll be look. I'll be honest. I don't know if he's actually gay. I you know, but what I do know is that he's a man. He's not a woman. Right. Okay. So. You know, there's there's all of that. Now, next week, you know, I've been doing a lot of research, and there are some really interesting reasons behind all of this. Okay, you'll mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be folks you'll be surprised to find out who's kind of at at the helm of this movement. Right. You you'll be interested to know how this came about, who's to blame. Why companies like Anheuser Busch are in trouble right now? You know the the biggest mistake Anheuser Busch made was going this route to begin with, because now they're trying to get out of it and they're causing themselves more problems. Right. The easiest way 
to have solved this was for Anheuser-Busch to come out and say, look, folks, we made a bad mistake. This was a bad judgment call, a bad mode of advertising. We apologize to our loyal customers. We're not perfect. We're admitting our mistake, and let's all just move on from there. Yeah, but they... they Simple, it would have ended it right there. They, they, they haven't done it, they're not going to do it, and they can't do it. And I'll reveal right. all of that in next week's commentary. Right. But when you, when you think giving a free case of beer to your own employees is going to make up for this? That's a know, joke. Okay, I realize the wholesalers are hurting for money right now because nobody's buying the product. Okay, I, I get that. But the best you can do is give the wholesalers a $20 case of beer and say, now it's all okay? Really? No. I mean, if, if, I was a, if I was a Bud Light wholesaler, I'd be pissed. Yeah, nothing is okay about this. You can't turn your back on your loyal customers. You can't turn your back on the majority to appease a small minority. That's not how life works. It's not how advertising works. It's not how anything works. Seriously. I I know, but and and I think they know it, but they've they've gotten themselves into a real jam here and there's no getting out of it. Right, they can't get out. That's the you problem. Know. They and, cannot and, get out. So other businesses, other corporations, watch this very carefully over the next several weeks. Watch this very carefully over the next several months. Because if you're thinking going the same route that Bud Light went, you may want to think again. Yeah. The, this whole wokeism nonsense has to stop. It really has to stop because it's destroying American culture. It really is, and, and but Light's got nobody to blame but themselves. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's true. They, 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 you hire uh, a, a liberal arts woke college graduate to head up the market new marketing campaign for the biggest beer brewer in the world. Yeah, and, and you only think good things are going to happen, really? Well, you know what, Craig? Maybe they think getting 1% of the population and the hell with 99% is a good idea. I know. That's what I said in last week's commentary. I said, you know, you, you've managed to piss off 99% of your potential customers in order to appeal to less than 1% of the American population. Well, congratulations. How's that working out for you? Yeah, you know, I mean, and and now they're they're kind of soft backpedaling, but now they got the other side up in arms. And I said that in last week's thing too, because they went to a couple of consultants in Washington D.C. that are conservatives. This was this was the you know this was last week's really bad idea. You know, you, you pissed off. 
the conservatives with your woke marketing campaign, now you're going to piss off the liberals by hiring conservative consultants? Yeah. (laughs) Talk about divisiveness. We are divided in just about every area of this country now, and it's very sad. You know, in this in this commentary, I actually put up a couple of photos of Dylan Mulvaney when he still thought he was a dude. Craig, do you really think he thinks he really thinks he's a woman? I, you know what? I, I'm beginning to question that, and here's the reason. Now, I'm sure he, you know he and, and a lot of people in that less than one percent of the American population community. Uh, will scream bloody murder if they hear me say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. When it comes to Dylan Mulvaney, I think there's uh, uh, probably a better chance that he's faking it because he's getting a lot of recognition on TikTok. And to people like Dylan Mulvaney, it's all about the likes. And let's face it, partnering up with these various companies, including Tampax, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's so sick. You know, I mean, he's making money. You know, yeah. and and I keep thinking down the road at some point he's going to come out and tell us we he punked everybody. You know, yeah. and that this was all a prank. But you know, who knows with people like this? Um, no, you don't know. You know, and I'll tell you though, if I was Tampex, I'd quick, real quick, I would send him. Uh, a lifetime supply of tampons. <laughs> and in his case, that would be zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. It's too much. Bud Light's newest, dumbest idea ever. You can find it two places. TheNationalPatriot.com or RSPRadio1.com. Either place you go, you can get the link, and I hope you share it everywhere. And then... Stand by for next week's commentary because I'm going to let the proverbial cat out of the bag. Yeah, and I've got a sneak peek of it, guys, and he's dead on with this. Diane, you and I have run out of time for one show. Yes, and till Friday, mighty night, folks. Folks, have yourselves a great rest of the week. We'll catch up with you on Friday. Bye-bye. <laughs>